episode 75, Cynthia Pizarro. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, your wish is our command. You've been asking for content around the field-based, remote, mobile, dispersed, whatever you want to call it, workforce. Those that aren't seeing, touching, and feeling each other every day. Well, we've got a solid, packed episode with everything from the way that we should think as leaders about leading this type of workforce to the strategies and tactics that work best to engage them. Ready? Cynthia, welcome to Gut Plus Science. As I just teed up, I know you created Ohana to solve your own leadership challenge of engaging and growing and communicating with a dispersed workforce. So let's start with you telling the story. Okay. Well, first, thanks for having me. I am excited to share this story and always amazed how and and encouraged really how other people uh, resonate because they have the same challenges that I have. And uh, so so hopefully it's an encouragement to those that hear it. Uh, But just as a little bit of background, I am the president of Seaspring, an IT consulting company. We have a large amount of remote workers. When we set out to develop Ohana or what is Ohana today, it was precipitated on my frustration with connecting with our growing workforce. So we had hit about 40 people when I started feeling like it was really, really difficult to connect and communicate effectively with my team that was not in the office. And at that time, that probably represented about 80% 80% of our team. And um, and so I had this idea that maybe we should just use our own skills and technology to create a way to uh, connect and establish a virtual office where people could easily get the information that they need, feel like they are among uh, their peers uh, virtually. And so that's how Ohana was born. At, at the same time, I guess the way that that idea was born, at the same time, we had someone going through leadership training and he did a capstone and came to me and said, hey, Cynthia, I think we ought to do something like a mobile app to connect people outside of the office. And he himself worked outside the office. So my idea and his simultaneous uh, idea to develop something that connects people who are remote uh, came together. And so we started using our own team to develop a mobile app that was easily accessible just from anywhere people are on the device that they are always looking at. And, uh, and within Three or four months, we rolled it out to our development team. And uh, within a couple more months, we rolled it out to our staff. And I think our expectations were not high enough, quite honestly. We, uh, We rolled it out thinking this would be a great way to disseminate information. And we hoped that people would engage in two-way conversation 
But uh, what we found was our workforce was hungry for this. Almost immediately, we had 80% of our team on the app every single day and half of them more than once a day. And the beauty of of what Ohana turned out to be was um, an effective communication tool, but also something that wasn't all-consuming. It was uh, communication that people were not losing in their uh, email boxes and uh, only took a few minutes to check and feel connected and then get back to what they were doing, whether it be from the office or whether it be from the couch. I love how this product, Ohana, was organically created. That story is just so cool. And it says so much when it's like, hey, this wasn't just an idea that we're going to throw out to the marketplace and see if there's a need. Like We're creating this to solve a problem. So, so cool. And then just my opportunities of working alongside clients that you serve at Ohana, you know, I've heard things like, you know, now we know that everyone sees the money Monday morning update because we make sure that all 126 of our employees like the message. And that's how we know. And if whoever didn't like it, if we're only at 124 out of 126, then I go find those two and say, did you get the message of the day? So I thought that's really cool. As an example, um, I've heard from, you know, a CFO saying, uh, we have one place, one dedicated place for all of our people to get all of their information, whether that's HR information, resources, tools, no matter what state they're in, they can log on their phone, their smart device, and they've got that information. And I, as the CFO, I'm not holding them up, which that was really cool to hear. I've heard, um, uh, people saying, you know, it's really neat to make sure that our newest employee is met by every single person. Um, and we've got, you know, people that travel outside of the U.S. for business, but they were able to make sure that they knew Patrick the first day. I thought that's really cool. And then I love the the opportunity to build relationships no matter where employees are, just opportunities to share fun things about each other and start new conversations with technology, you know, so that, that even though you are remote, even though you are work, working out in the field, you can still start those relationships and feel part of the family of your company. So I just, I, when we kept getting this request for um, wanting to learn about how to engage the field-based worker, I was like, I know exactly who we're going to call. So uh, now let's break down some best practices. Cynthia, um, as we get into especially workplace communications best practices, one of the challenges, no matter if y'all work in the same building or if you're all dispersed, like communication is always challenging. Let's bucket communication best practices into like these important component buckets, if you will, and then we'll go deeper on each one. So if you could just break those down, what are the categories? Mm. Well, I would say um, that you want to communicate the right message to the right people via the right channels at the right time. So those are the buckets, right? Like we, uh, we are so, our, our expectations today are to receive personalized communications. If you think about it, you get on your phone and um, everything is personalized, right? Like it's not just the email that you might see or the calendar, it is your uh, your news feed on any social media, it is your banking, it is your uh, Amazon, it is whatever you are logging into and have put onto that very personal device. And so our employees don't want to receive generic messages that are cast to everyone. Um, they want 
messages that are meaningful to them. And of course, sometimes that means that you provide a, an update about what's happening with the company. But at other times, it's about what's happening with their team. What uh, are they interested in? And driving those, those messages uh, to just those right people via the right channels and at the right time. So uh, Ohana, among other um, among other vehicles we use to be able to personalize those messages and hit the right channels so that uh, people receive uh, the communication effectively. I think those are the most important um, uh, buckets, if you will. And then the other thing that I would say that um, is so important is to get the frequency and consistency right. I once heard about the rule of seven, and then I heard other rules as well. But the rule of seven uh, is around marketing and how people can receive messages and remember them. And um, and this was from a business leader who said, you know, if you have only put your message out there to people four times, don't get frustrated if they don't remember it because it takes seven times for people to really remember the messages, your most important messages that you put out there. And so um, so my buckets are right message to the right people via the right channels at the right time. And then, um, and then adding in the right frequency and consistency so that people remember it and it becomes ingrained in your team and they know that you've made an effort uh, to drive that information home. Mm, so good. I love this right message, right people, right channel, right time. It's almost like in a marketing department for the field-based majority type of company, it could be the mission, you know? So that's yeah. that's really cool. Let's break that down into example of what that might look like. So let's, let's take this into, we're an HVAC company and 80% of our people work out in the field every day. They come in on Monday morning for an hour. So that's all we see as far as FaceTime. Talk about what that might look like to those technicians working out in the field as a subgroup specifically versus, you know, the administrative team, that's the 20% that works in the office. What would an example of like right messages or right channel, right people, you know, right time. Give us an example of that. Well, I think that um, I think what's really important is that, like I said, that it's personal, right? So when they come into the office, if if they ever do, but let's say that they come in on Monday mornings, you know, to personally connect with them, that feeds the rest of their week when they don't have FaceTime. And if that's not feasible, and it is not. Uh, it is not feasible for my team reaching out, making sure that someone has connected with them uh, directly at the right frequency again, so that they aren't just a number, that everything isn't cast as as a group, but that you are mindful of them. I think that the other piece of that that I think I've learned is really important is as much as I strive to communicate well remote workers have to understand that the responsibility for any relationship to be, you know, a good relationship has to be two-way. And so I think setting the expectations for what how how we're going to communicate well and stay connected and support them in the field uh, that that expectation is set up front. So uh, that might be um 
we're not going to be together, you know, all the time, but I am just a phone call away and I'm going to be intentional about reaching out to you. Likewise, if you are frustrated, if you have an issue, if you have a, a success story that you want to share, I want you to reach out to me. I need you to reach out to me and, uh, and, and encourage that and praise them when that happens or recognize people who are doing that to encourage the others to do that. Cause I think it's easy when you're out of the office and you're not, um, face to face every day, uh, or even if you if if there's times when you can't connect to some of the communication channels, you know, just remembering that people care. It's it's easy to forget. I think it's easy to get tactical and it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now to build on that, getting it right is you know again getting personal. And one of the one of the things that I've learned that is so effective is um, using their name and using pictures. And so we do everything that we can to communicate visually. Uh, When our remote workers are out and we're leveraging Ohana, we're not just posting company updates or even messaging. We are really intentional about uh, using as many pictures as we can, pictures of um, our team, pictures of us being out and about remote. What are we up to? Pictures uh, with clients or um, just pictures of things that are impacting us. And the reason being, images stay with us longer. What research shows is after a period of three days, we retain 60% of what we see, but we only retain 10% of what we hear. And photos, photos create emotion, right? And so that's you know, that's your why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Like that's that's an emotional connection uh, to, to what we're striving to do. And so it doesn't matter anymore if I'm dealing with, um, you know, communicating with a millennial or someone who's nearing retirement. Um, pictures just kind of um, cross all of those bridges and and barriers. And so it creates a connectedness that words cannot uh, with with the message that words cannot do on their own. Um, the other the other thing that we really, really try to remind people and make it easy is just to communicate. Uh, make sure that communications are two-way, that anything that I'm communicating out, I'm encouraging people to respond to. Uh, if we are using uh, email, obviously, that can happen, but Ohana makes uh, commenting and two-way communications through text messaging super easy. And uh, and then it just has to be a priority for everyone. You know, sometimes I feel like I own communication as the president of the company. It needs to be all me, and it certain need, certainly needs to be driven from me. Uh, top down, but I empower and uh, and set goals and expectations and hold mm. uh, my leaders accountable for doing the same. And uh, so it really, really needs to be ingrained throughout the organization and habits need to be made throughout the organization. You really just can't make it reliant on one person. So Cynthia, I don't know how familiar you are with gut plus science, but we do what we call the truth you can act on at the end where I summarize a couple of key takeaways, but I feel like you just gave 15 that were awesome. So I'm going to, um, and I have so much more that I want to ask you. So just a couple of things that came to mind that I want to just throw out there to our listeners. 
One is rethinking our mass communications. So going back to the right message, right people, right channel, right time, rethinking how much mass communication that we do, if it's not specific and not you know, fueling, um, you know, energy and stimulating thought to a particular audience, it's probably going to start to fall on deaf ears. So if you're just doing constant mass communication, just think about how you can re rethink that and maybe sub put people into groups, right. And really focused on being more dedicated to the right people with those, those messages. Um, I loved how you said maximize the live time. So we're talking about field-based workers and, you know, leveraging technology and maximizing those wonderful tools like Ohana, but you first thing said, you know, if you've got that hour, be so intentional to maximize that hour when you do have them live. No no technology is going to replace that opportunity. Always communicate more than you think. You know, we never um, assume that people know and have gotten the message, like keep communicating it. And I've heard that seven times before as well. And then what is it that you're using to, especially going back to this example of a HVAC company, 80% of their people are out in the field. How are they seeing visually what's happening throughout the company outside of their world. You know, I think that that is just so, so powerful. So thank you for all of that. There's so much more there, but just those are the keynotes that I took away. Let's shift Cynthia over to engaging field-based workers. And what have you seen make the most impact um, engagement tactics or strategies, especially around using technology to do that? And maybe start with how you define engagement so that we can kind of level set on that and then share some best practices. Sure. Engagement is inspiring people to lean in to the work that they do and lean into the mission and vision of the company. Um, and and you and that and that means um, tapping into the discretionary energy that they have. So it's one thing to come to work and show up and do the job and go home and kind of. Um, you know, do the basics, but what you're looking for in an engaged worker is someone who is inspired to make it happen, right? They have this energy that's, uh, that's contagious. And, um, and so when you, when you can inspire one or two or many people in your organization to be engaged, others, uh, others are inspired in the same way or, or, it helps to inspire others. And so that's how I define engagement. At Seaspring, we're intentional about equipping our field-based staff with tools that are that make it easy to collaborate and to connect and to kind of just, you know, you you'd forget that you're in different places. And so um, so some of those are, you know, Every, every software tool that we use is cloud-based, every single one of them. Um, the people in the office versus the people who are remote have exactly the same experience. And then many of them are built to drive collaboration. So whether we are, um, are working on documents, sharing documents in a uh, uh, collaborative way like Google Docs, uh, that we can work on the same documents together or whether we're having a meeting and we are leveraging video. So we, so we have our Zoom communications set to um, always start with a video. And at first, that can feel slightly awkward, but uh, after about 
I don't know, a few minutes, you completely, or at least I completely forget that I'm on a video call. Like it's comfortable. I'm looking at that person. I'm looking at other people. I'm way more focused. Um, I'm not going to be distracted trying to multitask, right? Like I am fully engaged just the same way that I would be if I was sitting across the desk from them. And so that's been huge for us. Um, Slack, you know, with real-time communications between our developers, we use that quite a lot. And then Ohana, again, makes it so that People can easily, easily interact. Some Those are some of the top ones, but uh, whether it be our CRM or our project management software, across the board, we are um, leveraging collaborative cloud-based tools. Yeah. And I think I remember some examples. I'm going out on a limb here, but I think it was you that shared um, the power of like contests or... Um, you know, throwing out fun things where everybody gets to chime in no matter where you are. I'm trying to remember the examples that you shared. Anything coming to mind? Yeah, we do contests and surveys that are live. And so people can um, can engage. And again, it just makes it sort of fun, just like you would be joking around uh, at a water cooler or asking people's opinions or what have you. Uh, we do that regularly, and those those tools we intentionally built into Ohana for that purpose. So those contests can be um, kind of more serious, I suppose, if you want. But we have photo contests at the holidays, and we have contests, you know, for wellness around drinking water or steps. We have all kinds of contests, and people really enjoy those. Uh, it really drives a lot of sharing personally and uh, also getting getting out there together sometimes and and uh, making those contests happen together. Yeah, that's so neat. And I, I love how we can use technology today to really make birthdays, no matter where you're at, um, you know, connected or not connected from your team, but feel special because, you know, you can be using a technology that really captures someone's favorite things. And then on their birthday, no matter where they are, employees can, you know, do a shout out to them about something or even, um, you know, if they do have a desk somewhere, leave some special things on a desk because they were able to have access to what is important to them and just making everyone really feel, you know, connected no matter where they are. I just, I love that. There's so many cool examples there. Um, let's talk, I got a question specifically around onboarding and what you've learned uh, using technology and, and engaging field-based employees. Any special needs there, just best practices on onboarding field-based workers? Sure. In the first 72 hours, an employee will decide whether or not or how long they're going to stay with a company. And so to us, onboarding is so critically important. And uh, so what we do with field-based workers, if they cannot come into the office on the first day and experience some of our regular orientation, we do everything in our power to bring the orientation to them. Um, if that is virtually, we literally do every same session and introduction and so forth that we would do with someone in the office with that person via a conference, a video conference. So again, we just, they can forget and we can sort of forget that it's not face-to-face and across the desk. But when I'm talking about the company's vision and mission and why we do what we do and um, 
and our core values and some of those things that are super important to reiterate when somebody starts and get people connected to, I just, I can do that face-to-face via video. Um, Same thing with our people ops leaders who are onboarding and doing some of um, of the necessary reviews of of how we do things and, and so forth. Uh, they connect via video as well. We also, in our uh, HRIS system, are able to onboard everyone from a paperwork standpoint. And this uh, is the same for remote workers as well as those that will be working in the office and allow them to do their paperwork um, uh, just virtually eliminating all of those redundant entries that you have to do when you're filling out a whole bunch of paper forms. And so we make that as easy and as streamlined as possible as well. Mm, great. And then, and then during our orientation, we have them actually set up their Ohana so that they know how to use it. And also then, um, they post their their picture and we do everyone welcomes them so it doesn't matter that they're remote it's it's almost as if they would get around and get introduced to everyone in the company who is sending them a message and they're able to see their profiles and uh, it's it's uh, a mini virtual celebration when anybody starts and uh, so I love that and that's been very well received and and uh, we've gotten very positive feedback and and Uh, new hire surveys uh, about that as well. One thing that just came to mind was how important it is when we have field-based employees to make sure that they feel, feel the impact of the business. So they're out doing what they do every day and sometimes kind of tunnel vision because they're, you know, they aren't seeing the whole scope of the business, if you will. So if something really exciting from a, a story of impact, a testimonial of how the business has just really made a, an impact in what y'all are doing or um, mission-based reminders of why this business exists and why you're so important, like we can't reiterate that stuff enough, just making sure that they really are feeling the impact of that meaningful work that the overall company is doing outside of what they get to do individually. Going back to keep communicating, communicate that as much as possible. So Cynthia, if you were to summarize like with just some cliff notes, if you will, what leaders should most keep in mind with regards to communicating effectively and driving engagement, especially for the field-based workers, what would you say? To optimize communication, I would say meet people where they are. So um, if they are mobile and remote, meet them uh, where they are. I, I truly believe that that is via a mobile device. I believe that because I've seen it proven to be true. That is what people are looking at every day, perhaps more often than they should, but uh, everything is there. It's personal and that's where they're going and they will see your push notifications that won't get lost in email. And the beauty of those communications, because they're captured, uh, they they become a story. They become a story of how you care, uh, what you're doing, why it matters, and uh, and what and and why your employees matter. The other thing I would say is to make that communication two way by inviting people to respond, 
by again, making it personal, by giving them easy, non-threatening ways. They don't have to come into the office. They don't even have to call necessarily, but um, to just respond, to comment on a message that you've sent them or, or send a text message, whatever is easiest, that there's an easy way and an invitation to two-way communications. And then set expectations. Make sure that everyone knows their role in communicating, that they don't expect it to come from one person or from corporate uh, leadership, but that everyone has a role in making uh, communication optimized and effective uh, and, and what we all want. As far as inspiring engagement, I would go back to make it personal. Make sure that you're getting the right messages to the right people using channels that they are going to engage with, not those that necessarily have just always been used, right? Think about uh, where they're going to receive the information. Sending it is only half of it. Receiving it is the other half. And so, and then making sure that that's well-timed. Maximizing the use of pictures. Um, and I say that based on experience. It just generates emotion and rallies people around the same things and makes them, uh, there's there's just a... Um, a positive, a positivity around that makes people feel connected and forget that they're remote. And then uh, just making communication a leadership priority. Manage it, set goals around it, craft a plan, share the responsibility, and hold each other accountable. Cynthia, this was so spot on. Our listeners might have to listen five times to absorb it all. (laughs) So thank you for all that you shared. And I'll try to do a good job in the summarization of the truth you can act on. Just a couple questions for you wanting to learn a little bit more about you. So if you could share with us your favorite book of all time, which is really tough, or just one that you would recommend to our leader listener audience, what would that be? Okay. I can't give you a favorite book of all time because... I am always telling someone, oh, I have a new favorite book. (laughs) But I do love all of the Lencioni books, like all of them I have learned something from. And I know I have repeated uh, some of those learnings to other people um, countless times. My most recent read that I love is The One Thing. And it was super timely that I, um, I read it in January. Um, It is about focusing on the one thing that matters the most. And it kind of debunks the myth of multitasking and talks about how high performance people are able to really, really focus on that one thing that matters the most. And whether that be at work or whether that be within uh, the context of your family or your health, and uh, just really focusing on those things and not trying to be all things to all people, but at any given time, but uh, to knock out that one thing and uh, and then you can move on to the next thing. And uh, ultimately, all of that snowballs into just a really great, well-balanced life. Mm, I will attest to that. I really, really enjoy that book. Uh, how about a favorite vacation spot? Well, uh, anywhere on the beach. That is my favorite uh, vacation um, With e- for easy, relatively easy access. Um, I guess it's probably not that easy, but relatively easy access. We've always enjoyed going to Aruba. So that's, I don't know, four hours or something by plane. And the weather is always 
perfect. It's outside mm-hmm. of the uh, hurricane uh, path, and uh, it's kind of arid. It's a desert island, so it's pretty much sunshiny all the time, and they call it one happy island, so everybody's happy and positive. So I love that. But I will tell you the best vacation I ever had, uh, which is a lot harder to get to, and I hope one more time, at least before I die, I'll get to go again, is the Maldives. So that's in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And when I went there, I thought, oh my gosh, heaven couldn't possibly be better than this. Like it is amazing. And uh, they are only four feet above sea level and sinking. So go soon. Oh, wow. Wow. Both of those sound absolutely amazing during this frigid tundra that I'm in right now. So (laughs) (laughs) how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I love reading. I love reading. It's relaxing. It feels like, uh, it feels like an escape, uh, to some degree. And also, um, like I'm, I'm learning something. And, and, uh, so I have a long list of books and I had, I've set some goals this year around how many I want to read. And, uh, so I, I love reading. Awesome. And then Cynthia, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? I am very active on LinkedIn. I uh, I would be glad to hear from anyone. I am excited anytime I can connect with like-minded professionals. I love connection connecting with emerging leaders. I think um, I think that if we can develop our next generation of leaders, it's one of the most powerful legacies that we can leave. And uh, I just believe iron sharpens iron. I love to learn from my peers. I love to learn from those who are leaning in to be the best leaders that they can be. And, uh, And I love to learn together. Cynthia, that was absolutely packed. You did a great job with your cliff notes there at the end. And now here is my truth you can act on. Number one, right message, right people, right channel, right time. Turn that into a question for your marketing and administrative team members to support the field-based workers. Are we sending the right message to the right people via the right channel and at the right time? Really rethink mass communications particularly to make sure that they're the most impactful. Number two, set the tone and have ground rules for two-way communication. We want it, We want engagement in our communication. Take a look at how successful you are right now with this. How much are people interacting back with you with the messages that you're put, putting out? And how do we intentionally work to amp it up and measure that? And number three, make the most of your time with your people. If you have an hour live as a group, how do you make a personal touch with every single one of them? If you're using mobile technologies like Ohana, how are you using pictures to, you know, really share more of the message just as Cynthia was sharing with us. So there was so much in this episode. I'm sure you're going to have to listen to it more than once. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.